Welcome, Manifiners. If this is your first time joining us, then I am Alina Van Dyke, your podcast hostess. Manifines is a place where you can pause and reflect and be inspired by many epiphanies, these little aha moments in life that remind you that everything is spiritual. And that really is my theology, that every single thing, everything you touch, everything you watch, everything you do is spiritual and it has spiritual implications. And so my goal is to expand your God box and get you thinking about a good God who doesn't fit within the constraints of religion. Religion is in so many ways, especially in today's modern world, full of legalism and control and just so many dark things. And I really feel the Lord beckoning us and calling us back into true intimacy with him, where it really is a one-on-one relationship where we love the Lord with everything that we have, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then we learn to love others as we love ourselves. And so I believe that God wants to be your friend and invite you into that. And that I want to introduce you to him and introduce you to my best friend. And so I want to help you remember who he really is instead of what culture says about him. And today, um, we're going to talk about that from the perspective of, quote unquote, the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Revelation, John sees this vision of realizing that the bride has made herself ready and that she's been prepared and made ready for Jesus to come back. And I, I thought it was kind of a strange topic for the Lord to put it on my heart, going, Lord, what do you really want me to say about that? But it was funny. He said to me, just talk. (laughs) Um, So without a lot of forethought or anything, especially as a wedding planner, um, I have a lot just deep in my heart already about what that really means, what it means to prepare for a wedding, what it means to prepare for Jesus to come back. But I want to start with the parable of the 10 virgins. There's a story in the New Testament where Jesus says that They're a group of virgins waiting for the groom to come get the bride. And so in ancient Hebrew culture, the groom, the betrothed, would go and prepare a place. He would prepare a house for his soon-to-be bride to live with him. And when the house was built, night or day, any time, when he was ready for her, when he had a place prepared for her, then he would come and fetch her. And so it could be the middle of the night. And so the bridal party, the virgins, sitting and waiting with their friend would wait and be ready for him to come at any moment, especially as the time drew near and there might be signs. You know, the city might be talking about it. The locals might be saying, oh, he's close. He's only got this one, you know, bedroom yet to build. He's almost ready or something. And so the rumor and the signs that he was coming would probably be apparent to them. And so it's the night that the groom is going to show up and the virgins are sitting there starting to fall asleep in the middle of the night. And half of them have already gotten oil for their lamps so that they will be ready to run and go to the wedding party as soon as it's happening. As soon as the groom comes to get the bride, they will be ready to go. But the other half didn't fill their oil lamps. And so probably in the middle of the night, they're going to run out of light. They're going to run out of the lamp that they need in order to find the path to get to the wedding. And so in the parable, these five foolish virgins who didn't refill their oil and the five wise virgins who did fill their oil lamps, now the groom comes in the middle of the night and the foolish ones turn to the wise ones and say, give us some of your oil. We need it so that we can go with you. 
and they say, no, we don't have enough for both of us. We only have enough to get us through the night. We did refill it, but we refilled it with the exact amount we needed for today, not with excess. And so you have to go buy your own. So then they have to go to the merchant to go buy more oil before they can go to the wedding and the doors shut and they can't get in. And so they're knocking and wanting to get in and it's too late. And so with that in mind, the Lord is warning people, I'm going to come and it is your job to prepare ahead of time before I come. When I come, it will be too late for your heart to be turned and your heart to be ready. And so I think it's really, you know, it's, it's a scary message if you take it that way, but it's actually a really beautiful thing. Like we, I think, in order to prepare ourselves for marriage with a spouse in this life, not talking about Jesus now, but just day-to-day life, Marriage is the best example that we have for what it looks like to be in unity with Jesus. And I talk about that a lot in the podcast with this sense of intimacy and what it means that this is your number one person and you wake up with them every day and you go to sleep with them every day and you cook meals together and live life together and tell each other about your day and help each other through trials and and just move through life together. And I think that the healthiest way for us to approach marriage in this life is to be before we meet our spouse, before we get married, to prepare for that. Whether that's a guy saving for an engagement ring, let's use the really practical things, or a woman um, preparing to make herself beautiful, maybe making herself healthy or Um, stopping drinking so that she can have a baby. You do certain things to prepare for a family and prepare for marriage, prepare for an engagement, prepare for a betrothal. And in the same way, the Lord is saying, before this happens, you have to prepare yourself for it. I think I made a joke in a recent podcast to say, like, why would you want to spend eternity with him if you didn't know him anyway? Versus other people that say, I know him and I want to be with him in eternity forever. And so the Lord said to me many years ago that he wanted me to plan his wedding, to work on preparing the bride for Christ's return. And so in, in a lot of ways, everything that I do, including these little minifinies, are to spark that kind of transformation that happens in the midst of daily life, in these little aha moments, when we're present to the little things and we take time to reflect and to rest and hand something over to the Lord. Because whatever it is, sorrow, fear of a job uh, falling through, the banks closing, whatever it is in life that comes our way, it's just a few seconds to sit there, pause, and go, Lord, you're in charge. And I'm going to hand all of this chaos, all of this fear, all of this doubt over to you. But as we do that, we have to remember that even in that, we're not alone. In Isaiah 61, the Lord says that he will give those who grieve beauty for ashes, that he will give them the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And so I really believe that it is our job to simply ask So often we say, Lord, I have this anxiety. I have this thing that I'm holding on to and I want to give it to you, but I'm actually not even strong enough to do that. I'm not strong enough to hand it to you and fully let it go because it's comfortable and tomorrow I'm going to pick it up again. And so instead of 
relying on our own strength and relying on our own wisdom and relying on our own striving to accomplish something. Like me today, this literally happened. I'm like, Lord, I am giving you this thing that I burnt to the ground. Here are the ashes. I ruined it. I made a mistake. Would you give me beauty? Would you give me freedom? Would you give me peace? And so we're asking for this divine exchange that we get to ask for because Jesus died on the cross and paid for it already. And so there's there's a level of personal responsibility and accountability that comes in making a mistake. But then there's also the mercy and grace of God when we actually ask him to make the great exchange, when we repent and go, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to rely on my own wisdom. I know that you have a plan and it's better than mine. And I keep messing this up. Would you redeem and fix my mistake? We have time to do that right now. But the Lord warned us that there would come a time when there wouldn't be time anymore. That when the hour drew near, that we would run out of time for us to exchange beauty for ashes, for us to exchange our empty oil lamp for a fresh one. And in most circles, especially in the prayer movement that I've been a part of, we use that parable of the 10 virgins that I shared earlier to talk about the oil of intimacy, that there's this thing that keeps us burning, keeps us going, keeps us a light in the world. The Lord said that we would be a light in the world if we're following him. He was the great light. He was the word. He is the son of God. And then we become little mini Christs that are these little mini lamps that are sharing and spreading his light around the world and changing the world person by person, step by step. And in order for us to properly reflect that true light, using the analogy of the lampstand, then the oil that burns that lamp and keeps that lamp going has to be intimacy with Jesus. It has to be truly knowing him because if not, then that oil is polluted. We don't reflect the same kind of light. Instead, we reflect the oil and the light of religion or the light of even the Lord said in the Bible that the enemy comes as an angel of light. So it's very possible to reflect a false light, to become more like the enemy instead of like Christ. But when you're intimate with the Lord, when you invite him into personal relationship, when you read your Bible, when you seek him in spirit and in truth, when you cry out to him, when you know him, when you let him into the depth of who you are and you're vulnerable before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you know that he is full of unconditional love for you and that he is also holy and that he will exchange your beauty for ashes, then we receive that oil, that true oil that will turn us and transform us and clean us out from the inside out so that we can reflect him rightly. And so that is how we prepare ourselves and become a bride worthy and ready for him to return and for us to sit at the table wholeheartedly healed, whole. 
ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. So I just want to pray over you today and just gift you this little, kind of like a mini sermon, I guess, you know, um, to just have you reflect on that and go, how am I holding on to things that are preventing me from moving forward? How am I relying on the old ways, the old things that feed my soul instead of the new things? And we'll just pray. Because there's practical steps and be like, oh, okay, read your Bible or whatever, but it becomes legalistic. And I think that you can get just as much intimacy with Jesus taking a walk as you can reading your Bible. And that he speaks directly to our heart, directly to our soul, directly to our spirit when we just ask. And so, Lord, I, I ask that for every listener today that you would pour out your spirit over them and that Holy Spirit, you would come and imbue them with a new drive, not out of striving, but out of Sabbath rest, out of trust in you. And that out of that trust, they would walk confidently into the preparation for your return. Lord, I ask that the oil in our lamps that the thing that keeps us going, that the thing that makes us burn bright for you in the world would be intimacy with you. That we would not lean on a counterfeit oil or a counterfeit religion, but that we would truly lean on you in every way. So Lord, would you come and would you abide in us Would you make us one with you? And would we shine bright in our circle, in our community, in our world? Thank you for all the ways that you have already transformed us and led us to here and now. Lord, I ask for more. More, more, more. More oil in our lamps. More knowledge of who you are. Lord, you say that your people perish for lack of knowledge. So Lord, would you pour out your spirit on us so that we may know you rightly. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. If this miniphany inspired you, if it gave you a mini epiphany, if the Lord spoke to you or revealed himself to you while you listen, then I hope that you will share it with a friend. This is a friendly reminder that I am doing communion every day at three o'clock. If you want to join me live on Instagram, or if you want to rewatch, you can go to alina.vandyke on Instagram. We also have miniphanies and pray in the desert. And hopefully I will hear from you sooner, friend. But if not, until next time, miniphaners, from the bottom of my soul, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.